numbers are going. I'm supposed to say something witty right now. It's interesting to make people want to stick around and hear what we have to say. You can sing the Beyonce lyrics. Oh, no, we missed the numbers now. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Countdown. You're the one, right? Isn't that the last right, one? Right, there you go. Yeah, yeah. that's all. I was a little slow. <laughs> Hello, Monica. I'm Dominique. This is Debatable. And we got some questions about basketball. And we don't have alabaster. We got cellophane today. Yes, happy to be here. Ooh, have... enthusiasm. I like yeah, what a I... nickname. He That's gave right. it to himself. I did not give it to myself. And, but people don't want to hear about my nickname. They want to hear about the 76ers and Celtics. James Harden hit the game-winning shot in overtime today. And we're asking, which team do you have more confidence in going forward? The 76ers or the Celtics? He not only hit the game when he shot, he also autographed some shoes and did a great deed. James Harden, I mean, this is James Harden Appreciation Day. Like, could it get any better for what he was doing out there, making shots, occasionally playing defense? I feel like I saw him get a block. That part, he got blocked. He had his hands involved in a couple steals. What they give him technically in the stat sheet? Okay, no, two, no four, four, steals. four. It's right four. there. Four steals. Yep. Oh, Forty-two points, nine assists. Was that eight rebounds and four steals? Yeah, James Harden was balling. Uh, the game winning shot was, I mean, it's a really good shot, but like Joel Embiid just dominating the paint, drawing double teams and passing out of them was like the story of that shot and the story of a lot of the second half. But what you yeah. got on me? What you got for me very, on James Harden? A very, hold on, before we get to that, a very important part of the story was one PJ Tucker. And it wasn't even PJ Tucker's never impressive stat line, just his presence. But the moment he got in that man Joel Embiid's ear with two minutes ago, I guess, in regu regulation that was, that is the moment that crystallizes all things Sixers. Because yeah. without PJ Tucker, I mean, and as, as terrific as James Harden was today, fantastic. I thought he took great shots. He was efficient. Um, he's found this perfect balance between vintage Harden and what this Sixers squad needs. I still got more. Um, uh, what's the question? More to believe in in the Celtics, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which team you have more confidence in? There you um, go. Yeah, I think um, talking about James Harden and Embiid and how they are individually great in the course of this game is a good thing to do before we get to the actual question because James <laughs> Harden was manipulating the pick and roll. He was getting in the mid range, hitting them little mid range jumpers. Also getting to the basket, doing vintage James Harden thing and Joel, Joel Embiid. I felt like early in the game, he let smaller people defend him like mm -hmm. at the nail, but then Brand eventually Woods. in part because of uh, PJ Tucker yelling at him, I think he went and dominated the paint. <laughs> and that, that's a nice thing to have uh, a nice motivational speaker I don't PJ Tucker's motivational speeches just feel like threats and insults. <laughs> Honestly, I literally was watching that game like, I have so many other things I'm supposed to be doing. I wish I had a PJ Tucker to come yell at me and motivate me. <laughs> it's the motivation I need also sometimes. Get a little complacent. PJ Tucker got to call me on my name to get me to uh -huh. respond to these emails that have been mm -hmm. lingering for a month and a half. Right, loudly in your ear so that you can feel both the sweat and the spit probably coming out of his mouth. Just a little spittle on your cheek. Yeah, I mean, I think that I can gather from the fact that neither of us want to actually answer the question is, even though the 76 is won, the answer for both of us is probably the Celtics. Uh, they, they had no business in this game. The 76ers had mm -hmm. it under control. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't remember how much time was left, but it just felt like they were trying to give it away. They found themselves in overtime and relying on James Harden, who had a great game one 
and then two disappearances. And then another great game feels like something that you cannot count on. Even with um, Jason Tatum having an awful start from the field in this game, they they still were competitive in this game and still seem uh, like the better team. Here's the thing down the stretch for me, and, and I don't want to say that winning is easy, right? Like, we're not taking anything away from winning. But in terms of opportunities to win the ball game, Marcus Smart or Jason Tatum has a huge three down the stretch. Uh, you get a look. Mark, yeah, Marcus Smart has a look at the end of regulation. Then he gets the shot at the end of overtime. Now, I get it. I was torn on the timeout thing, and it worked well at the end of regulation for Joe Missoula not calling it. But how you lose track of the literal time on the clock in your execution, I'm not sure what happened there with the Celtics. I don't know if you blame Jason Tatum as the creator on that one. Because if literally Marcus Smart gets that shot off 0. .5, I'll give it a whole second maybe sooner, then we're talking about how the Celtics stole another game that they probably shouldn't have won uh, in Philly. And so I just think this is a team, and Doris Burke said it very well on the broadcast, they've been there. And this is still uncharted territory for the Philadelphia 76ers. Doc Rivers coining the phrase emotional terrorism. I don't know that that's one I would like to add to my personal vernacular. But I do understand the sentiment. Like the Celtics have been through this. They got all the way to the finals last year. And so there was no quit in that team with about six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And you saw that show up. Yeah, um, it's funny that you brought up the end of the game situation because it makes me remember the Celtics or the the 76ers other win in the series. It was also like the Celtics collapsing in mm-hmm. a late game situation. And with all this big game experience, you would expect they're the they would be the ones that can like come out on top in those tough situations. So they find their themselves competing back into these games and then just throwing them away because they don't know how to get off a good shot when the clock is winding down, which I, I know Joe Missoula is going to come when they win. And what about them adjustments and, and give us some <laughs> sass like last time? But I honestly don't know who to point to if it's not the coach. If they don't know what to do in those last – I mean, I guess you could blame the veteran players who have been there before, but they never look like this at the end of games. They did it twice in this series. So I don't know how you don't address that. And I guess, uh, to be fair, if I'm a coach of NBA players, I feel like I don't need to address the idea that let's not throw it to the other team when we need a game-winning shot. And also, let's shoot it before the, the clock hits zero. So I'm sorry, Joe. I'm piling on you, but I don't even know who to blame. I'm just confused. No, I don't know how that this, happens. This is a legitimate sentiment, though, Foxy, because they executed to a T except time. At least this time <laughs> there were no turnovers, right? Like, perfect, except yeah. not fast enough. Like, They're getting better. So, and then I think beyond that, we have seen the Celtics throw enough wrinkles at the Sixers that has been able to stifle what they love to do offensively. If this version of James Harden is back for the duration of this series, I still can't say that it swings the pendulum for me in terms of the team that I'm more confident in, but I do think that it's a layer that you haven't had to equate for over the course of the regular season in a while, right? Like, both Joel Embiid and James Harden were terrific tonight. Now, there's room for a guy like Tobias Harris maybe to, to go off and have a surprise game. De'Anthony Melton defensively kind of really bothering Jason Tatum uh, with something worth note. Tyrese Maxey, I like the spots that he was able to score in. And so I thought the Sixers did play really well. And again, I don't want to take anything away from winning. But I don't think that the Celtics played well until about nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter when they started to rev it up. And then ultimately, they forced overtime. So just an overall experience, talent, and the options that you have offensively and defensively, candidly, it still leans Celtics for me. 
Yeah, and the options that you're relying on for the 76ers are a Joel Embiid with a giant knee brace on and Ooh. a James Harden who seems, even though his game isn't that explosive, it seems like he goes in and out, which I would attribute for an older player. Like, maybe he's tired, but I don't know how you can play as slowly and deliberately as James Harden does and also be, like, exhausted, but maybe it's mental exhaustion. I don't know what it is, but it's hard for me to bank on those guys and I guess Tyrese Maxey is, I mean, because offensively, it, it just feels like they are more limited. And it's like, yeah, high screen and roll, mm-hmm. give it to Embiid yep. at the nail, or do like a dribble handoff and let Tyrese Maxey be faster than everybody. That's yeah. like the extent of their offense. Those are definitely the primary options. And I think what might look slow to us in terms of James Harden is very fast to him. So it does require a lot of energy yeah. to be exerted. Yeah. Slow, um, slow I, feels I, negative. I don't mean it that way. I deliberate. <laughs> it feels like it, it the, works, but it's, it's, early, it's yeah. old manny. It's not, it's not explosive. It's crafty. It's, it's true. Crafty is a good way to put it, too. I, I just think, and I was watching that series tonight, and Joel finished with, what is he at, 34 and 13? Like, he can be the single swing player the same way that I think Anthony Davis has that power in the Lakers Warriors series. But I think while AD, there's nobody to match up with him. There's nobody to match up with Joel, but you can allow Joel to get off and survive. Right. So I think I just, I just think the Celtics have more options. Like they can withstand a little bit more. The big man, like, I remember not too long ago when we were talking about positionless basketball is mm. taking over and big men are not as important. We switched back fast. Like, if you look across these playoffs, all the people who matter, who are de- deciding these series to me, it's uh, Embiid, Jokic, AD, like, uh, who else we got? That's it. Those are the three That's biggest. Three. I mean, there's only four. Uh, I mean, Looney is your most traditional big man who yeah. has monster rebounding performances and changes series. But it just feels like all these series kind of are are going to be defined by how how well those big men play. And it just it, it's it's not a great uh, observation by me, but it's just funny because it felt like not too long ago nobody wanted these guys and everyone was trying to create their. Their pool, their uh, not pool party. No, you don't want. I'm gonna say award. You try to create your lineup of death. Your answer to. uh, I'm sorry. Why did I say that? You know how I feel about that guy and his his contributions. I would I would say this on the position list. Like two to three of those guys are guys that were MVPs or like in the last two seasons. One of them is a two time MVP, right? And then AD is a guy that folks have sort of salivated, anticipated, dreamed of yeah. what he could be. And all three of their skill sets are not traditional big right. men. Like between at the halftime of the Denver and Phoenix game, Shaq did say that of the three of those, Jokic is the most big man-like guy to Shaq's liking, right? But like there is still this notion of how the game has changed. Not straight up positionless, but you're you're absolutely right in a centerpiece that can cause havoc and create these wrinkles for defenses to have to defend. Yeah, that's fair. They're not classic big men. Like AD right. is is not a uh, Patrick Ewing style big man, <laughs> or Shaq you know? even for that matter. Yeah, or or Shaq style big man, and Embiid is not either. What's happening, producer? I do have one quick question to get back to the Celtics because Vegas still has them as the heavy favorite—not heavy, but clear favorites—to win the East, and they looked kind of shaky against the Hawks at times. And they lost to the Embiidless Sixers in Game One. They had lost Game Four. Do you think less of them after what you've seen from them this playoffs? 
I I definitely do think less of them. Um, but look at everybody else in the East. Like, it's hard for me to look at, uh, no disrespect to Miami, but they've already achieved more than anybody in the city outside of Pat Riley thought that they could achieve. I think that that's going to run out at some point. Same with the Knicks. They've gotten further than Knicks fans <laughs> would have anticipated. And yeah, they're going up against the 76ers, who we just went through the reasons why we don't believe in the Celtics. Like last year, Celtics was a different team. They were a buzzsaw. Like at the, after the, was it Christmas or All Star break? I forgot which arbitrary. It was after they lost to the Knicks here in the garden. And yeah. that was right after All Star, I think. Yeah, there was like some right. arbitrary number. We were like, they're the best yeah. team in basketball if you start at this date. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, yes. and they continued to dominate until they got to uh to the finals. But yeah, this this is not the team that we're seeing this year. They're not they're not running people out the gym that they're supposed to run out the gym and they have the same personnel. It's concerning, but I don't know who I'm gonna put my money on. So here so 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 humor me, former professional athlete. Game I Vincent? do wonder if we've got this skewed a little bit. Okay. Like, do we need to go Al Davis just win, baby? Right? Like, yeah. I don't know if these margins, especially at this point, like I don't want to discredit winning is hard. However annoying you might think the Warriors dynasty is, um, I, I can't remember which game, but Draymond was talking about how you got to appreciate a sustained, sustained greatness. And it really did start to make me think, right? Like I can't think of a team that has just run away with it outside of maybe the Warriors' second one, maybe their first one. Um, and so I, I do wonder if, we need to be given more credit for figuring out ways to win, no matter how ugly, yucky, or tight it is down the stretch. So my rookie year in Denver, we won the division. And I remember, like, being like, oh, this is cool. And I remember John Lynch, who was future Hall of Famer, had already won a Super Bowl. I remember he got angry in the locker room because we weren't celebrating enough. He's now the GM of the 49ers. And he was like, this don't happen every year. He was, like, mad at us because people didn't have their hats on and their shirts on and we weren't celebrating hard enough. I never forgot that. So to your point, yeah, winning's hard. It's hard to do and to do it repeatedly and to do it in the playoffs. I agree. But when we get here to talk about, like, predicting what's going to happen next, the style points matter a little bit. <laughs> like, okay. I give you – I'll give you – um, every team can lay an egg here or there. But if you lay enough eggs, we start to think you a hen. I just made that up. You like that? I like it, though. I'm with it. I'm going to use it tomorrow. First no, but, like, it's like they – it does uh, – the opposite of a hen. Oh, yeah, you may not You may not want to use that. Chicken, not hen. No, nah, the opposite. I, I'll, I'll text it to you. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. Don't yeah. stress that. Okay. You, but eggs, it, you can be a carton. Here we go. <laughs> Um, no, it might be funny. I feel like people appreciate it. But anyway, I'm sure uh, there are lots of people right now connecting the dots, enjoying this if they didn't cut it out already. But the point I'm making is one time is an aberration. They've been doing it too many times, this Celtics team, for me to not be like, ah, I'm a little worried because they haven't played. I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, it just but- doesn't feel like they've played anybody that can put like they played the uh the hawks and struggle with them at times after blowing them out the gym in the first game yeah i guess I right. know, i'm and, being unfair and as much as we're critiquing this current series game three when joel got his trophy and yeah. was very emotive never yeah. uh make fun of a guy for being motive after getting a war but like light work took care of them yeah, when that was did. supposed to be the game that the sixers were supposed to be all rah-rah about that's fair I'm being tough on them. So I'm looking at what they they gave up Come two on, to PJ, the Hawks. Ease up, PJ. <laughs> they gave up two to the Hawks, right? Yeah. And they and they gave up two to the 76ers. That's not a lot, oh, but it 
it's just the way it's happening. It's hard for me. And I'm also comparing them to the team that they were last year. So they got time to get it together. I think well, you're right. Last year, they're Jimmy Butler shot away from not being the team they were last year. So this is, I mean, I hear you. Like, you want to see the team grow and make it clear. But, like, it's not like they're playing complete scrubs either. All right, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to send you this text. I, did I get it? Let me, let me, let me see if I'm way I haven't enough. sent it yet. Okay. Yeah, I did get it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I didn't want to yell. Mascot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can use that. You can use that. You don't have to connect it. Just be like, you lay enough eggs, you a hen. And you don't want to be a hen. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, oh, well. That's fine. All right. This is where you chime in. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure there's a clean cut in case we need to edit that out. Um, uh, coward. <laughs> so we're going to move out to the West now. Did Game 3 tell you more about the Lakers or the Warriors? Hmm. Actually, this series is like so fascinating. I actually watched Game 3 back earlier today. Well, the first half. Um, it's... I just want another game one in terms of competitiveness. Like, are we in for these seesaw games until it's the final game? Because that's going to be annoying. That is going to be annoying. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm i with you in not answering the question. I'm down with that. <laughs> you didn't answer it because, to be fair, I don't think we learned anything about either team in this game. In this game. Like, it's, it's played out the way that we said it would before the season, before the series started. If AD dominates the game, they have no answer. And the two games that they won, AD was like otherworldly, more defensively than offensively, but offensively also like his ability to play on a perimeter and protect the rim and play that pick and roll, intimidate Steph Curry's mm -hmm. shot from inside the lane and still get back to defend Looney or Draymond or Moody on the backdoor cuts like that. That's the difference in the series. And can he do that two more times? And uh, can LeBron give them something offensively? It seems like the, the question that's hard to answer, but yeah, we haven't learned anything. Yeah, I think you are reminded how quintessential three-point shooting is to everything the Warriors do, right? Yeah. Like they shot 13 of 44, that's 29%. That probably is not signature, but uh, other than that, like, it, like to your point, it was an AD game. I also think you got to give D'Angelo Russell a big time shout out. Like he had a tremendous ball game and this is sort of, what we talk about when, shout out to our boy Justin Tinsley, talks about that formula of 2-1-1, right? In theory, in this ballgame, AD has to get you two. And I'm not, I'm going AD over LeBron because I think he has that level of talent and mismatch advantage to be taken to be taken up. If LeBron gives you one, and maybe was this your D-Lo game? Like, was this your D'Angelo Russell game? I just think when I look at this series, the more I watch it, you go back to the question of sustainability. Like, what team... The centerpiece of what they do seems to be more sustainable. And for me, it's Steph Curry and the Warriors. They, I don't think they shoot 30% again, 13 or 44. Steph, to me, no such thing as two back-to-back -back bad games. And, like, bad game. I mean, four of 10 from three, nine of 21. So, yeah, bad game for Steph, right? Yeah, for Steph. But then, on the other side, you already know you finna get an EKG when it comes to uh, KD performance. I mean, AD's performance. Like, the, the idea that... If the Warriors shoot better, they'll win. I mean, they shot over 40% in game one, I think, even though, mm -hmm. like, Clay didn't shoot well necessarily. But the the uh, Lakers can win in that formula, and then we'll get a closer game than you expect. But 
I think it's harder. It's so much harder for them. And they have so many more like proven commodities to depend on uh, from Wiggins to Draymond to, to Clay. Obviously that feels different than, than uh, D'Lo and Hachimura, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and Reeves. So I, it's just kind of, we've seen it before from them, I think as part of it. And to be fair, the, I want to say that the most unguardable thing in this series is Steph Curry, but they still don't got an answer for AD. He's yeah, yeah. I do think Game Three they reverted back to less of Steph on the ball though, yeah. and, and I I don't know this because obviously I've never been on an NBA team competing for a finals. Like by the fourth quarter, you can see the Warriors pull the rope, but you could also question if they were pulling the rope in that third once the um, Lakers went on that run to open up the third quarter. So I don't want to get too carried away because. The folks that finish the game do not shoot as well as their starting five, yeah, like point blank period, right? Um, I just the step this though, series. Mm, mm. The Steph thing that that we aren't talking about a lot, but um, is interesting to me is like the fatigue level. Yeah, we've never had a situation, and that's a fair thing about Steph. Is like we've seen him put this team on their on his back. Mm-hmm. in individual situations when they need it, as recent as last series. He put them all yep. on his back. I mean, and even in this game or this series, at times he put them on his back. But he's never been in a situation where he had to do it throughout the course of the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah. we don't talk about his age as something that matters or his injury history as something that matters. But he's not young, and he does have the ankle injury history that we largely have just forgotten about. It's a yeah. lot to ask to have him on the ball. If the only way or the best way for them to to be impactful offensively is with him on the ball, it's going to be a lot to ask of him to do that for what they need. Two more wins? Two. Three. Yeah, three. They need three it's, more wins. They only got one. It's two to one Lakers. Yeah. It's four. Yeah, it's two one. Um, yeah, and that's a good point. And I think sneaky wrinkle that I don't know if people – were attentive to, but Dino went at stuff, right? Like, you yeah. got you exerting energy on the defensive end. Um, that's going to be another wrinkle in this one. And I do think that people forget you could probably add another season or not too, that's dramatic, but at least another half a season to their careers in terms of these deep postseason runs that yeah. these guys are accustomed to. So, yeah, there's a lot of wear and tear on their bodies overall. I don't think Game 3 taught us anything. I was disappointed. I actually thought Game 3 was going to be more reminiscent of Game 1. Um, on Friday on Get Up, Windhorse swears game four is going to be the tell-all game. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, Reeves was going at him, too. It, it does seem like even though Steph's not the defensive liability that we used to think of him as, it, he might be the softest spot that's out there. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're going at him. They're trying to get those switches with LeBron. And LeBron in the post is something that seems to give that team a, another uh, avenue to break down. The Warriors. So there's reason to have confidence in the Lakers, even though most of their crew hasn't done it before. But yeah, still all, I got, stuff. all I got on this series is if the Lakers going to do it, they got to do it in six. I do. I just don't like their chances of having to get it done at Golden State. Both teams at that point then exhausted and you're in Chase Center and Steph, who just made history with a 50.7 uh, game seven performance. Mm, don't like it. And LeBron jumping over fans and running into the crowd. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, dude. He just does that where it's like fans don't know how to get out the way. Like this is getting more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, some fans and some owners. If you guys saw the other game. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, can we just talk about that though, real quick? Okay. I don't know. What was your your gentleman is over there in the first place? Am I tripping? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess he's trying to get the ball and get moving. 
Yeah, I don't know why he's over there. I think you everybody's gotta, wrong. You gotta let a coach get out of the, the fans' lap. And poor guy that got well, no, you can't put your hands on players, but like yeah. the most random guy got ejected. Somebody gotta pay the price. Right. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't gonna be the rich one. He, <laughs> he, he is not gonna pay no price. Somebody gotta take that hit for the team. Uh, oh, we talked about this one a little bit. All right. Let's move on back to the East. And have you been more impressed by the Heat or underwhelmed by the Knicks? <sighs> yeah, you're biased. We can't. <sighs> uh, I mean, I think the right answer for me, at least, is the Heat. Just because, and I guess you could say the the fact that these low to undrafted players are playing as well as they have for this team could disappoint you with the Knicks, but it's not like the Knicks are like blowing it necessarily. Like these guys are just playing well and they play well for longer than I expected them to play well. I don't like that face. What's that face mean? I was like, okay, all right, Foxy, all right. Okay, national broadcaster, ESPN Monica. Okay. Wow, what the Heat are doing is impressive. Mm -hmm. But even though these guys are undrafted, it's not as if they don't have experience. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They kind of know how to play basketball in big spots and play well. Wipes the forehead, MSG Monica. What in the tarnation? (laughs) Like, the Knicks literally were still in New York when Game 3 started in Miami. Like, I'm just convinced. And I was like, you know what? Athletes are human too. And some days you just don't have it. Like that on Saturday in Miami, the Knicks just flat out did not have it. And so I was completely underwhelmed, not only with like the literal basketball of it all, but just like the fight was completely absent. Like, come on. And listen, I've covered games in Miami. When right about there's like a four minute window in the second quarter where it's really popping, and then like a f- maybe in the fourth quarter if the game is good, but like they show up late, they chilling, it's fake noise. Like that's not a place that is like uh intimidating. So I'm not sure what the Knicks are doing. I'm just gonna give up, give them game three. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Go back to the drawing board, watch the tape as they discussed in their press game or post game press conferences, and be better in game four because literally they're fighting for their life because this is starting to look a little bit like what happened with Atlanta. Uh, two seasons ago. Well, I mean, one person who didn't play that well but was ready to fight is Julius Randle. Seemed like him and, and, and Zeller was going chest to chest, but we need you to play better and not be in a tussle with a balding man with a mask on. <laughs> that looks like a basketball Prince William. Like, that's that's who you choose to get your energy off against? Now, I will give you his credit. He didn't really take the bait. It didn't become too much more. I'm watching the game like, okay, maybe this becomes an energy moment. It didn't. So the whole thing is stupid. Like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, and and Jimmy Butler, like, I feel like that is, they showed him in those moments. He's just as happy as, he's like, oh. 100%. (laughs) 100%. The other part, though, is like, and I had somebody ask me this on Twitter, and I thought it was a fair question. There was this idea of labeling this season successful for Knicks getting out of the first round. So the question is like, is it a failure if they lose to an eight seed in the heat that's been depleted, right? Minus the starter, minus the key rotation guy. I was like, well, let's all harken back to Giannis's monologue on failure. Like, I do think that this is improvement. But arguably, not even really arguably in this series, as much as I love Jalen Brunson, Jimmy Butler is the best player on the floor in this series. And then you could argue that he's been the best player in the postseason. And so that's kind of what happens in the NBA. The team that got a dude, or the dude, I should say, can make some things happen versus a team that should be should have more depth um, and more continuity having been together and not sustained as many injuries. 
Nope, I refuse to accept that because I feel like I hear people like Shaq tell me all the time that the playoffs is about the others. When the others gonna step up? Where are these yeah, others at? Others are playing like all I, like junior level all stars. That that's fair. That is fair. The Knicks others are not in their starter or their their top guy is not playing to the level of Jimmy Butler, even though Jim Jimmy Butler took a whole game off. But that's the game that they won. He had like a week off in the middle of the series. It was great. Yeah. The game they won, and it's the only one they got. And they didn't they weren't mm-hmm. dominating in that one. So I guess we've gone around to at least I've you've changed my mind. I'm more disappointed in the Knicks now. Super disappointing. Given all but they got the, time to bounce back. If they come back and it's tied up, they got home court. So you have to say that. You're contractually obligated to <laughs> say that. They could be down three zero and you're like, hey, but they got the guys. <laughs> the garden, the vibe at the garden, way better than arena yeah. with the new name that I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, they changed the name because the other company went up. <laughs> that ain't good. <laughs> Last time I was in the garden, Steph broke the record. That was fun. That was a good night. I was there for that night. It was incredible. You ain't even holla at me. What's up, producer? Um, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you ain't know I was there. I didn't. I was just about to say that in my defense. I just want to get back to the heat real quick because. Obviously, Jimmy Butler is playing out of his mind, and the role players have been really good. Is there any reason to not believe that they could win the East or actually contend? I'm contractually obligated to say no. But besides that, no. (laughs) Again, we just had a conversation about the Celtics in terms of a team that's been there. Granted, I thought that this Tyler Hero injury would sink them, not even going to lie, because they just have been essentially a very mundane worthy of an eight seed regular season team. And now they erupt into this team postseason that you easily could say could have finished five or better in terms of the performance that they've gotten. They've taken out a one seed. Uh, they clearly look better than the Cavs. Like they're just on, they're just absolutely rolling at some point. I do think that the depth catches up with them, or maybe this is the season that allows Gabe Vincent, Kayla Martin and Max Struess to get paid when they are no longer heat players, like, which is a wild concept, but it might be relying on Duncan Robinson and and Kyle Lowry, who is not the Kyle Lowry that you're thinking of. I mean, there are lots of reasons to believe that they can't do it. Uh, might they do it? Maybe. But is there a reason? Yeah, lots of reasons. Because this don't happen. It don't never happen. Mm-hmm. Tell me the time when this has happened before. I mean, I guess last year was it with the with the Heat. But they had, they had a more complete set of players at that point. Yeah, and they weren't that low. They weren't as low as C last year. They were. Yeah. They were. They were a good regular season team. Jimmy yeah. just activated, obviously, postseason uh, playoff. Jimmy. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it happens, only because I think, and this has been my fear with the Knicks all season. Like their offense, they don't shoot the ball well enough, and there's not enough wrinkles in their offense. So if y'all don't have the defensive constitution to slow down this Heat squad, they're coming, and they are literally playing with house money, right? Like all these undrafted dudes, guns blazing, let the shots fly, like significantly better three-point shooting team in the postseason than they were in the regular season. So, all right, you got to make that adjustment. Um, And then, I remember, I'm not too old to forget the conversation about whether the Celtics should be concerned about running into the Heat because for whatever reason, it seems like that team takes them toe-to-toe no matter what the matchup is. So, yeah, there's 100% in a world in which the Heat do something spectacular. I mean, they already kind of have it with the 8-1 seed thing as a play-in team. And it's mind-blowing. This tends to not happen in basketball, but we are certainly in a position where an eight seed that barely backed into the playoffs after losing their first playing game are a realistic threat to get all the way to the finals. That don't mm-hmm. happen in basketball. It's not supposed to happen, but... It's not supposed to happen. These are the things that Disney different. movies are made of. 
with Derek Luke as the basketball coach. He's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's going to play you in that movie, but you got to do the play-by-play. <laughs> we did it. We got all our check marks. Now we just wait for our confetti. Or they're going to try to talk us into hanging around and recording another thing in this game. You see how he was hinting around that? All right, so we did make you guys watch the end of the Nuggets-Suns game, and it was a good one. And so our question now, after watching the end of the game, what's your reaction to the Suns' Game 4 win over the Nuggets? Man, we got a series. I appreciate that. Like, we got some games. I'm going to stay up late now with joy in my heart because it's going to be competitive, and I'm not going to stay up late and watch games that don't matter. So thank you to Landry Shamit. <laughs> I feel like he is the difference. That, that was our thing. The whole playoffs is the Suns don't got no bench. The Suns don't got no bench. Landry Shamit showed up, gave him a bench. Remember his run with the Clippers? Gosh, I guess that was three years ago now. He had uh, a lot of runs with a lot of different teams. He had a run with the Celtics yeah. too, didn't he? Landry Shamit been around I don't the block. Remember, I don't know. No, he wasn't with the Celtics. Maybe we got to check that. Anyway, I might just be yeah mixing them up with White. I feel like Shamit and White they favor. <laughs> <laughs> your uh, um, yellow bone joints, but also around yeah. the league as terrific role players. I get it. Um, the whiz came to my head. Oh, Can't yeah. you feel a brand new day? What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with you? That's, that's oh, how it feels on this series. No, it does. You're right. I'm with you. Because uh, now he's on math, down. He's on down. Right. All that. What a great movie. Um, the math is now like, do I think the Suns can win two out of three? which is actually a thing that's viable. Yeah. I mean, so I think this is consistent with the playoffs so far this year. It's don't none of us know what the hell is going to happen. <laughs> like, I mean, two two games ago, I thought there was no chance for the Suns to make this competitive. Mm -hmm. And we got a, a, a scuffle between the owner of the Suns and Jokic, who goes for more than 50 points, and they still lose. Like, if you would have told me this morning when I woke up tonight, Jokic is going to give Matt Ishbia a forearm shiver, go for 50-plus, and lose because Landry Shamit went off, then I would have said you was stupid. But I would have been dead ass wrong, as I have been about everything throughout the course of this entire playoffs. I'm just going to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, Durant went for 36. Book mm -hmm. went for 36. 36. It's a fun game to watch. The, it seems that their three-point shooting doesn't matter anymore. We all pretending like we know what to watch and what to care about. We don't. Just have fun. I mean, this is why superstars are superstars, right? Like, they go on and do the improbable. But I do think, what is this? By my terrible math that I had to rip out my little pencil and carry the one, that's 83 points for Book in the last game, in the last two games, and 65 for Katie in the last two games. And so we are still back at the fundamental question about the sustainability, particularly former athlete that played in Denver, and the altitude and all that other stuff. Because clearly they didn't have this level of production when they were in Denver. And now the Nuggets get to go home. And more importantly, they have home court advantage should this thing go to seven. Yeah, I mean, I wish that I could predict what's going on. Uh, we can't blame it on the altitude. They've been there <laughs> enough times. They can get adjusted, get acclimated. I don't know. Yeah, get some <laughs> oxygen on the bench or something or go up there a day early. <laughs> Uh, that's not going to be a, a useful excuse because I don't think Denver's ever won a championship. They never even been to the final, so the altitude mm -hmm. ain't the problem. The problem is they can't get no numbers off the bench, and I don't know if they can repeat that. They can get some more numbers off the bench. If they can find a way that uh, 
either Book or Durant are not the only offensive options for stretches in this game because campaign came out there thinking that he was going to be the he was going to be the answer early. <laughs> He was not. He was so, playing with pace, though. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if they have somebody else. Like I, I like the way Aiton played in most of this game. I know that the numbers don't necessarily support it, but it was he had heard the the ringing in the background about him being soft. It's clear that yeah. he heard it because mm-hmm. we had three offensive rebounds in the first damn possession, and he played yeah. uh, with force, as they say, mm-hmm. uh, throughout the course of this game. And I think that matters. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was on the floor for 27 minutes. Interesting, though, like, Biombo's no longer even seeing any time on the floor. Damian Lee's out of the rotation. I think Ish Wainwright was involved earlier in these series. So, clearly, Monty Williams is willing to tinker with his lineup and put in guys that he thinks can give him production off the bench. The thing in this one, though, is KD and Book. Like, Jamal Murray goes one of three, only takes three threes in this ballgame, but he still has 28 points, and they had an opportunity down the stretch. I mean, that thing goes to a jump ball and a turnover that uh, Michael Malone wisely uses his re- his um, challenge, rather, to get the possession back. But I-, I don't know. I still feel like in the conversation of sustainability, this is a deeper squad than the Phoenix Suns. Now, like we said about the Knicks and the Heat, who has the brightest stars and I I think historically, KD is still a brighter star. He's a guy that you have a conversation about the Mount Rushmore basketball, but you're looking at the two-time MVP on the other side. Like, it's not – I mean, when, what have you done for me lately, I guess, when you com- compare star power? I've already apologized and accepted that I was wrong about di- about doubting the Nuggets, so I'm not going to go back on that. <laughs> but still, the reason why I doubted them was because of, like, late-game closing situations – yeah. And no disrespect to Jokic, and he's capable of doing that, but it's not what I'm not – I'm not used to seeing uh, a big kind of plotting uh, great <laughs> passer. Ball. You know what I mean? Like, I'm comfortable with Devin Booker or KD, and that's what happened late in this game is they, mm-hmm. they doubled off of KD to stop Devin Booker, and KD got a wide-open three. It's mm-hmm. like, that's a, that's a nice problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> I dare you to come help. I'm going to pass it to Kevin Durant, who's wide open. So if they can find enough bench production to keep the game close at the end of the game, it comes down to who do I trust to put the game away? I still am going to trust Booker or Durant more, but I don't know if they have the, the roster to get them to that point two more times. We are going to see. I have nothing else basketball to add to that, but in case anyone's wondering, my nose is itching profusely right now. I don't know what just happened, but... Yeah, that's it's bedtime. That's what it is. It's time to go to sleep. It's late on the East oh, Coast. God. Yeah, go ahead. Do the snot rocket right at the camera so we can get up out of here. Good job. Again, let's get some more confetti. We did it. Can't you feel a brand new day? It's great dancing in that movie. Asian babies. Appreciate it. <laughs>